0: Welcome back to the Radiant Podcast. This week, I am switching it up. And I have my friend, Bailey Hurley, back from episode 25, joining us. If you haven't heard anything about Bailey before, please go check out her episode where you can hear her story and her incredible heart for friendship. And that's what we're talking about today, but we're doing it a little different. I am on the other side of the mic. So Bailey's here to interview me for you guys to hear a little bit more of my story and what I'm passionate about. And since Bailey and I are both passionate about friendship, we thought it would be totally a no brainer to talk about that. And so every month you're going to hear me have a friend interview and ask questions and put me on the other side of the mic in the hot seat so that my tribe, yep, that's you, can hear a little bit more of what I'm passionate about. You guys can hear my heart and see what it's like to be in on a conversation the conversations I'm having with friends, the things I'm passionate about talking about. So I am so excited to switch it up. So thrilled to
1: have Bailey on. So let's get to it. Hi, and welcome to a special edition of the Radiant Podcast. Just for today, I'm your host, Bailey T. Hurley, and I'm excited to introduce you to Kelsey, the cheerleader and dream defender that every friend needs in their life. Kelsey and I met two years ago in a coffee shop in Denver, and she immediately made me feel like a best friend. From that moment forward, I have witnessed the loyal and supportive friend that Kelsey can be and I am excited for Kelsey to share more of her story about friendship and building a new community in Colorado Springs. Hi, Kels. Hi, thanks for letting me be on the other side of the mic today. You're just the best. Yes, yeah, this is so fun. I cannot wait. You have been an encouragement to me as someone who really loves and values friendship, and so I just, I love that we can both share a lot of the similar values, and so I'm excited to kind of ask you more questions about what it means to be a friend and what your friendship stories are. So I have a first question for you. And commitment. that is, who was your very first friend? Like, if you can remember way, way back, who was your first friend that you had and what was special about her?
0: So, I can easily go straight to Lila. Um, Lila and I met in preschool. Um, we have a real fun story because our parents were engaged. Before, oh my gosh. <laughs> before, um, you know, they ended up parting ways and marrying other people, and I'm sure it was extremely inconvenient when we came home (laughs) from preschool and decided we had picked each other. And we lived down the street from each other in the same neighborhood. So, I mean, I think our parents had to make a decision right then and there of like, okay, we're doing this thing. And I think
1: (laughs) the moms called each other, smoothed things over, and called it a day. (laughs) Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah, what was so, what attracted you to Layla, even in preschool? Um, well, she, I'm probably her feistiness
0: there, you know, it might've been love at first hair pull. Um, (laughs) we fought like sisters since the day we um, met. And so, (laughs) um, I'm actually like very close best friends with her little sister Emily too. Mm. Um, and so they are just like family to me and Lila's a feisty girl. And I think, you know, if I look up, look at my lineup of friends, I've got a lot of sass. So there's something that I love, um, with a friend who has a mind
1: of her own. (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. That's so amazing. I don't think I've ever heard someone say like, I'm looking for a friend that has a lot of sass in my life. So I love that you have a, have a pattern of sassy friends.
0: Yes. I mean, it, it, you know, there are, there's the, the, the beautiful parts and the hard parts because I also have a lot of sass. So intense, (laughs) intense personalities all together Mm -hmm. all the time Mm can be a lot.
1: I'm like, okay, we need to uh, mix in some laid back people. (laughs) Yes. Oh my gosh. I love that so much. And then I know that from kind of moving forward, you got introduced into young life and you, you know, I think you led a little bit of young life. Um, and just building relationships at school again what were some qualities that you were looking for in a friend or like who made a good friend oh man well you know i I love connecting
0: with new people. So it's, I I do recognize that for me, it's easy to connect. Like I can meet someone and build connection quickly. And I know that that isn't as easy for everyone. So I tend to like everyone right away. And I've actually learned as I've gotten older to ease in a little bit because I can be in deep real fast. And then it's (laughs) like, whoa, you know, Uh, but I love, you know, I love, The ability to go deep and to have the fun, um, quirky, playful times. That's an easy space for me to go. But I also love to have meaningful conversations. Mm And I I, um, kind of came out of high school and was looking for something a little different. I had an amazing friend group in high school, mm. but I, you know, we definitely were the popular crowd that was sometimes mean to each other. And I remember in college thinking, I really want to build a friend group of friends that are kind and care for one another. I never want to be a part of a clique again. Mm. I want to be inclusive, not exclusive. And so that in my adult life has been what I've really sought to build, mm. to so- Hot. I don't know if that's the right word yeah. to build. Um, and I, I think, you know, I've learned some things along the way too. I, um, I think that because I like everyone quickly, sometimes I've, um, gotten into friendships that aren't always compatible. Mm-hmm. Um, neither of us were bringing out the best things in ourselves. So I call 26 the year of my friend breakups because, you know, I think there were some, some friendships where we needed to let go of each other. It wasn't that they were awful or I was awful. It's just we were not bringing out the best in each other. So now I ease in a little more slowly to see, okay, is this something that we're going to have a dynamic
1: that works or is it just, not really going to (laughs) work. Sure. Yeah. And we'll definitely I want to hear more about that um, in a little bit. But kind of going back to being so involved in Young Life, and I know you've talked with me about how a lot of those relationships were so valuable for you. So it kind of brings me to this. To this question of what is the difference between discipleship and friendship? And is there one? Because I feel like I've come across this a lot where people are just like, you know, are you a mentor or a friend? You know, is there mm-hmm. some kind of aspect that friendship also means discipleship? So I'd love to know if, the, for you, if you think there's a difference between the two and also where do they overlap?
0: So I think that's going to play out person to person. I'm never going to be the Bible teacher speaking at a conference. And so my mentorship looks like friendship, Mm. but some people are more structured and their mentorship looks like discipleship. Or you may switch in and out of roles where in one role, it is more of a discipleship focus. We are here to get a job done, to learn something together. It's more structured. There is a very, Um, specific purpose and I think that is very valid and a very valid philosophy around mentorship and then there's also also mentoring friendship and that's more my style because I don't you know even it's not life giving to me to be um, you know it's life giving enough, but it's not my sweet spot to be you know breaking down Bible studies with people. I' have someone who really just wants to grab coffee, and maybe we talk about something we're reading, but maybe we talk about their boyfriend or whatever, mm-hmm. and so or their career or something random i I love to to walk alongside people through life for the long haul, whether that's their faith, whether that's discipleship. Um, Whether that's, you know, their personal life, their friendships, whatever. And so that's just my more of my flavor and my personal expression. But I think, you know, some people's personal expression or gift gifts are going to be more of a discipleship focus. And I think both are beautiful.
1: I hope that's helpful. Yeah. So would you say then that all of your friendships that you kind of are maintaining right now are also kind of a, you know, discipling each other? Um
0: so yes, so I definitely think there are um I've kind of thought thought through this even in the concept of even even as I write um because i I like to write about mentorship, as you know, mm-hmm. and I think there are um uh, specific mentorship roles that are you know your friends, but they're pretty much investing in you or you're pretty much investing in someone who's a few you know, steps behind you. And that's not as much of a friendship. Like I wouldn't call our friendship, like we're mentoring each other. We are peers propelling each other forward. Um, and I, I wouldn't look at, Anne, one of my mentors and like even think that, I mean, I, we are peers and we are friends. Like we talk about deep stuff, but I res- like, I feel like she's so like 50 steps ahead of me that, I you know, she would have to consider us peers for me to <laughs> you know what I mean? And so I think that there are definitely some where, you know, you've got someone older or maybe they're not older, but they're, you know, ten steps ahead of you investing in you. And then you've got friendships that are propelling each other forward. So I um and then sometimes it starts as a mentoring role and it evolves into just strict friendship. And I think that is what's happened with Anna and I. Um, we're great friends. I think that's you know, I was her mentee. She is her, my mentor and she has called me on to an even playing field with her. And then same with, you know, my young life girls, I walked with these girls through college, but I would never introduce myself as their mentor mm-hmm. now. Like they're sure. some of my best friends, you know, I would feel weird thinking of myself as their mentor in the season <laughs> of life, unless they attribute that quality to me. Sure. And so, you know, I'll often be with them and they'll say like, you know, something about what I've invested in them, but we're friends. Like I just went to Maine with three of them as like a girl's trip with my friends, not my youth girls, you know, a month ago. Sure.
1: I think that's really great. And I think what's so cool is I really feel like I've seen this kind of peer friendship discipleship thing all happening within your business. I think I see you serving people who are, we, we are all around the same age and that you treat others like friends Um, and you talked a lot about how you so easily can connect with almost anyone. So how do you see your bent towards being a friend really work out positively in your business?
0: Yeah, I think, I think I've been taught some of these habits like, um, you know, I was just at an event in Chicago with another one of my mentors and she, someone asked Why did you decide to work with her? And I was like, man, I was a cold audience. I was like an ad targeted on Facebook. We had no idea who each other were. And I think I just connected with her message. And I think I really connect with mentors who I can feel that they're going to even the playing field. And I like to do that with my people as well. So I don't love, I mean, this is very true to being a seven on the Enneagram, which I feel bad because everyone hears me talk about that on every single podcast episode. (laughs) But it's very true to who I am. Like sevens don't like hierarchy. So we like to call people onto an even playing field. Or if we're on the lower rung, we want to be called up to an even playing field with our mentor. And so I'm attracted to mentors who will do that for me. Mm -hmm. And then that's kind of what I strive to be with my people. And so it's just, it would be unnatural to me to kind of position myself as something and people you know, lower than I I can't even talk like that. That is weird. (laughs) And so, um, I think I've been taught that and I've learned that is my flavor. That is where I've felt empowered with who I work with. So in my business, that's kind of the way I want to do it. But yeah, I think I've just had people do that, you know, for me and, and I was easily able to identify to someone who asked me that. Yeah, I just felt you know, we were talking about Amper, one of my other business mentors. And I was like, I think I just felt her openness and inclusivity and not that weird distance and power play that some people do. And that, because I love friendship, because I love people, that just felt
1: very natural to do in my business as well. Sure. I think that that's, awesome and i definitely see yeah see a lot of benefits and i like how you describe that um so you have moved to colorado springs in the last couple of years as you've like started your new business and all the above like there's so many things happening so alongside with like you know your your marriage and business and just personal life how's it been creating and finding a community in a new place oh man well let's start by saying thank god
0: i found you um, I wish you were down here in Colorado Springs, but Denver will do. I love coming up to see you, so it's great. Um, but I, you know, I don't think I was prepared for moving across the country and making new friends. Um, I definitely have the personality for it, but I grew up in a town like my uncle was the vice mayor. Like every, I knew everyone. <laughs> and so it's not like it was the tiniest town ever. There's about 180,000 people there, but I, we had a family business like i knew everyone my my parents were social you know and so i think coming across the country and having one friend here and one girlfriend and her also being completely wired 1,000% differently than me. Catherine, if you're listening, hey, girl. Um, <laughs> you know, I think it was a shock. You know, Catherine's an introvert. I'm an extrovert. She could be fine seeing friends once every other week. I want to see friends every other day. Yeah. And so I think, and then my husband's an extrovert. Like, we are both only children who love to play with friends. <laughs> and so I just did not know what to do with myself. though those first few months, I think I was a little bit... Maybe on maybe borderline depressed. Um, I'm still gonna have like rosy colored sunglasses and try to put a positive spin on every season. So it's kind of hard to identify. And hindsight, it's like I can't even feel what I felt during that season. But I remember being really lonely, and for the mm. first year and a half, just can't wait till I could move back home. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so, and then every time something hard happened, it's like, David, let's go home. <laughs> and so I think that was really hard for me. I came from having literally 40 good friends, quality friends, sure. not just acquaintances who I could call up for coffee on any given day between Nashville and Murfreesboro, my suburb. And all of a sudden I had one friend <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, this is hard. <laughs> and so I I think... It was kind of a a good coming of age lesson. It kind of you know threw me in the deep end, and I had to learn how to swim. And um, I think it was a lot of trial and error community building from there. And David and I love people, so we. We're able to build a community together here, which, you know, coming from my hometown, he's not from there. And so I was kind of golden girl, and he kind of fell in with Mm -hmm. my friends. So it was kind of special to come here and make all new friends together. And, yeah, I'd make a girlfriend on my own, but for the most part, most of our friends knew both of us. And they they had equal history with both of us. So that's been just really special about Colorado. Yeah, and really bonding for us. And so I, I've just really enjoyed that.
1: Yeah. So what are some things that you did intentionally to introduce yourself to new women or to begin to create more meaningful friendships? Yeah.
0: So I went to church um, for, for us. You know, I don't know where all of my listeners stand, but for us, you know, we moved here to be a part of a church. So that was honestly helpful. Um, and we're lucky that we already had even one set of friends here to introduce us to people. Mm-hmm. But if, you know, you didn't already have a church, I'd say go find one or go join a Rising Tide Society chapter in your local community. They meet once a month and they have some awesome girls at those events. Mm. Um, Good quality people find a networking event and that's awkward. I describe making new friends as like the very worst part of dating. Um, It's just awkward because you're sitting down, you're trying to get to know each other. You wish you could just fast forward to the deep stuff but you've got to do the the little stuff before you get there. And it's just like, uh, is this really going to work out? Can we just, like, skip it if it's not? You know? And I think that I just didn't expect that because in Tennessee, there wasn't a lot of skin in the game. If nice. I met with someone new and it didn't really go anywhere, it's fine. I have 40 friends. Yeah. Well, not so much here. And so, I, I mean... I guess I just put myself out there. We showed up. Mm-hmm. We, you know, showed up at events where people would be and did the small talk and did the awkward stuff and called it what it was. Awkward. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, you know, I, I invited girls on coffee dates. I'm really like, I don't mind putting myself out there first. I um, know that that can be uncomfortable for other people, but for me, it's like, well, I'll just ask them to do a coffee date. If they're free, they're free. If they're not, they're not. <laughs>
1: Yes. And I mean I know that totally worked for us. So Yeah. So and was so, so great. We had our coffee day. I know, I know. And I don't know where you were at that time with your friendships. I think I probably thought you were Miss Popular in the Springs, but I do remember being like, Wow, she's actually gonna drive up to Denver just to spend an hour with me. Like this is amazing. Oh like, my um, friend time's the best time. This'll be fun. I can't wait. Bailey seems cool. <laughs> that was so good. Now I know that you have a really powerful story with friendship breakups. And I know that I, at least I think women need to hear this because it's happening. I know that it feels messy and painful and we're not really sure how to work through it. And I know that, um, I don't know, I think the Lord really worked powerfully through your friendship breakup. And so I'd love if you would share with us, um, as much as you can about that experience. Yeah. So, I call 26
0: the year of friendship breakups because I had three in one year. Oh, gosh. Um, And that might sound like a lot to you, but to you listeners, um, and I get it. It does sound like a lot, but I also had a lot of friends. And so I think I was at a season where I was holding on to some relationships that were just really painful all the time. Um, there was a dynamic where I didn't have a voice and they did and I could never say anything. And so after trying to work that out mm-hmm. kindly, like I said, I'm a, I'm a magnet for very intense personality types. I think at first sight, I'm like, oh, fun. That's like an a, a outspoken girl boss who knows what she wants and can speak her <laughs> mind. My kind of girl. But like... You know, that's a lot of intensity all the time when all your friends are like that. And then all your friends are on varying ranges of emotional health. And I'm on a varying range of emotional mm-hmm. health. I'm much more healthy with how I do conflict two years later. I mean, I've had my butt in counseling for 10 years. And so <laughs> um, I, I, you know, am in no way perfect either. And so I think, you know, we had just established these dynamics Um, and I still have plenty of intense friends in my life that we were able, we've been able to really get in a groove with what our, each of our dynamics are and they're all different. But, um, these three friends started to just become toxic for both of us and Mm -hmm. just a lot of pain for both of us. A lot of arguing, a lot of hurt feelings and it finally, you know, um, Two out of three were kind of like, hey, I wish you the best. Mm. Let's go our separate ways. One was just like kind of didn't end the best. but mm. um, and, and none of them really ended the best. But I think just recognizing when, when you do try to make it work, friendship is not quitting when it gets hard. I actually know what it's like to fight hard for a friendship. And I went through a friendship season last year with another friend dynamic that was just hard between the two of us that were wired so differently, um, that we did make work. We are in more of a flow than ever. We get each other. We can, you know, step in their shoes when we're, you know, disagreeing and understanding the lens through which they're seeing the world, even though it's drastically different than, than my own. And I think that you can make A friendship work when you're wired differently but you both have to be willing and not Mm. everyone wants to work at that um and it 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 takes prioritizing compassion for the other person Mm. over being right and so if both of you are more concerned about being right than having compassion for one another then that's not going to work ever. Um, And if only one of you prioritizes compassion and the other prioritizes being right, it's Mm -hmm. not going to work. This is not a marriage. You're not married to each other, Um, but friendship does take work. And so my best friendships that um, sometimes have very hard seasons require an understanding that we're not going to see eye to eye on everything. But if I hurt you, Bailey, And you say, Kelsey, that hurts my feelings. I don't need to tell you why you're wrong for being hurt and why Mm -hmm. I'm right for doing what I did. I just need to feel compassion and say... I'm so sorry. I would never mean to hurt you. How can we do better in the future? I don't need to convince you why you misunderstood it. I just need to feel compassion for why I'm sorry, you know, or why I hurt you. And I think, I mean, that's like a marriage thing. People talk about that all the time in marriage, is being right more important than caring for one another's hearts? Mm -hmm. No. And I think we've got to carry that over to friendship. And if you can't make that work in a friendship, it's probably just not going to pull out your best selves. And so um, friendships do end. We all have friend breakups. It's not talked about a lot because I think it feels like a reflection of who Mm. you are. Um, I think I've been embarrassed. Like, who does it say about me to say I had three friend breakups in one year? Um, You know, like how embarrassing. And it is embarrassing. But... It is what it is. And I think we all navigate it.
1: Yeah. Wow. That was so well said. And something I'm just really curious about, because I think a lot of times there's this in between of in between in friendship breakups where there's almost this kind of vague or, you know, avoidance of kind of finally having that conversation that clarifies, like, is this a real friendship or is it not? And so then women sit in this disappointment or maybe even in this insecurity of, well, it was never talked about, but I don't see that friend anymore. Um, and so I'm just curious because you are so bold and you are so good at having these difficult conversations. What advice would you give to the woman who is timid or scared to actually sit down and have this conversation with a friend, um, so that they can find, you know, I think forgiveness and reconciliation and move forward. Yeah. I mean, I'll say, I'll be super honest. The two that were
0: even somewhat tied up in a bow of like, I wish you the best. I walked out of those friendships being totally misunderstood and labeled and awful things said to me. Um, when, you know, get other input of like very rational people. One friendship had a person in on almost every single conversation and would verify Kelsey, you handled that really well. That was not rational. Um, Mm -hmm. But I still had to end that friendship knowing she thinks I did everything wrong and she did nothing wrong, um, even though there were other people in on all of those conversations. And so I think that, like listening, like we were, we worked together. Um, and so I think that whether you're timid or bold, it doesn't mean you're going to end something perfectly understood mm. or heard. Um, it might end with you being totally misunderstood. Mm. Um, and so that that was really painful for me because I think a lot of us have to want to feel understood. But I think if you are timid, um, my husband is not timid at all, but he <laughs> would be of the mindset that would be like, just let it go and don't say anything. Just right. let it fizzle. And I, I think um, if someone means as much as, as much as we say they do to us, they deserve a conversation about it. Um, and it might not be hard and you cannot control how they respond. They might turn around and say awful things to you. Maybe you need to write it in a letter so that it's said, like, I care about you. I have no hard feelings. I think we will serve each other better by, you know, creating some space. Maybe it doesn't have to be directly said, let's never talk again. <laughs> but... um, <laughs> but i i think that even when friendships re- require bravery mm. and so you know if someone means enough to you and has meant enough to you but it's in a place where it's no longer healthy for either of you it's worth being brave and sitting down and having a conversation that's that's your ver- that's your vibe that's your style yeah. and you can be kind and you can say you can you know, practice, you know, conflict one oh one and not say any blaming words and you can say I feel words but again you might not get the response you want but you you get to go in and handle your side with integrity.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's amazing. Um yeah, that's so good. Um I'm just yeah, okay, sorry. I hope it's helpful. <laughs> I'm just like I'm so dumbfounded. It was so great. Um I wanted to know again, just with your busy schedule, lots of travel, lots of different things on your plate, how do you balance your time for your friends? You know, how are you making time for them? I,
0: so I understand that my, A, like know your capacity. My capacity for friends is. Big, and I'm sure yours is too, baby. <laughs> um, and I think I would love to even hear your thoughts here. I have had friends say my capacity for friendship does not match yours, and it's like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know. And so, um, I think getting in a group of what are your values and who are people people's values that match that that want to spend that amount of quality time together and then who are the people that are more like once they might be your best friends still but their way they're wired is more like a once a month thing and so I know that I'm gonna put a lot more energy um, when I'm traveling and when I'm home to seeing friends like next week I'm going to Atlanta for a bachelorette party and it's like well why don't I just go a day early and stay with my friend Jordan because we haven't had quality time together in a year. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, that does mean an extra night away from my husband. Um, But he gets it. He knows how much I love Jordan and how much of a treat it would be to see her Mm -hmm. because if I didn't go that day early. I'm going to be at a bachelorette party the whole time I'm there and I'm not going to see her. So I just really try to weave in friend time when I can make it work. And I I think intentionality goes a long way. And if you know, you don't have time to have a coffee date, send voice memos or hop on the phone. Like I call someone almost every time I'm in the car. And so, but again, knowing your own version of that, I don't expect Mm. you to listen to this and be like, Whoa, that's a lot. Like (laughs) I'm not trying to fly to Atlanta and stay an extra night to see a but that is a huge core value to me Mm -hmm. like i think when david and i die we want to be known for how we loved our friends and so um hopefully we'll die together in our sleep but (laughs) i just really care about that i'm also an only child and um you know grew up with like friends serving as siblings and so i just love friend time (laughs)
1: Yes, we totally share that. I am all about friends because they're my family. Yeah. And yes, I agree. I think what you said is great, that it will differ for every single person, but you still have to make room for it. So it's like whatever works for you. And... I agree with the, you know, kind of tacking things on to things that you're already doing, especially when you're busy. And for me being a mother, like I feel like my life is not my own most of the time. So if it is something like, you know what, I'm going to be going to the park anyway, like just come with me. Oh, we actually yes. did that once. Um, but yeah. it was like, just come with me. Like let's let Hunter run around the playground while we can sit down and chat because I, maybe I can't like get time away just for us two by ourselves you know, going to a happy hour or something. And that was perfectly satisfying. I loved our park date. Yes. So I think that was so spot on. Just finding things that work with your schedule um, and what you're already doing. Yeah. And I I think just intentionality and knowing Mm. like if you're someone
0: that, you know, really doesn't have as high of a capacity how could you make it work when, you know, you're already, you you could loop it into something else you're already doing or, yeah. you know, just a phone call to be intentional if you know you really don't have a capacity to see someone for the next month.
1: Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So kind of going forward, so like as of today, 2018, what are some, you know, goals? It might sound silly to say goals, but what are some like ideas or exciting new things that you see happening in your friendships you know whether that's making some new friends maintaining your current friends you know having another girl's trip something in your business just what is like one thing you are excited about in friendship moving forward
0: man i am i'm really excited for this bachelorette party because it's about um eight of us that all went to college together mm-hmm. and it has been 10 years since I started college. Oh. Only only six since I ended but still, <laughs> I, I think just the fact that we get to go spend Four days together wow. is so special. Um, we're a pretty chill bunch. So I know that, like, we're our plan is to have slow mornings with brunch and just walking around the area we're in. And I think it's just going to be such special quality time. A lot of our love languages are quality time. And so I'm just so excited about that. And then something that moving forward, I'm looking to um, this year is I feel like you know, I'm not at a stage where I'm making a ton of new friends because of my capacity with travel. It's a lot about caring for the friends I already have. And obviously some new friends slip in there. It's like, wow, we met, we connect. This is my kind of girl. But for my, the friends I have, you know, here in Colorado, I've got you Bailey and um, Griffin and Catherine and mel and emily and you know a few a few more amazing friends here it's about caring for them you know mm-hmm. and and i'm already thinking of the ones i didn't name i'm like ah but what more than a friend need to know they're cared for too you know but all all the friends that i already have and and just caring for them and maintaining them and i find i'm finding too that we're just in a really good groove mm-hmm. um and so i'm so thankful for the groove i've gotten into my with groove i've gotten into with my friends and the dynamic that have been established and it's been kind of a hard um, it was a hard year last year and I am just finding um, it's it's nice to have a, an easier year <laughs>
1: <laughs> that's amazing I love just hearing your story how you've grown as a friend how you've grown in just your friendship habits having like good healthy boundaries but having lots of fun and loving your friends so well and I think that anyone who has been listening to your podcast or has been you know obviously following your business or following your um, social media just knows that you are a good friend like you just come off as someone who can love people really well and you can talk to anybody and you can be really sincere um, i think with your questions and with your engagement with others so gosh like i'm just so grateful that we got to hear more about kelsey the friend um yeah and just thank you for sharing Thanks for interviewing me, Bailey. You... You guys
0: have to know that Bailey is the queen of friendship. So if you want <laughs> articles on amazing friendship, please go read her stuff. Because I, the first time I read, you know, back when we, we did Radiant together, that's how we met. When yes. we, we did a little, if, if any of you don't know, we did a little publication called Radiant Magazine for a while. And I remember wanting a friendship columnist, but thinking, oh, but I do not want something cheesy. Um, and then I met Bailey and I was like, she is the queen of friendship. Your article, <laughs> why FOMO is ruining community was the best article of my life um, to read on friendship. So I, I'm just so thankful. It's so fitting that you interviewed
2: As a pro, the last thing you need is to run out of what you need. And time spent waiting on supply runs is money right out of your pocket. The good news is the Home Depot can deliver straight to the job site. That keeps your crews on the job, not the road. And that saves you money, putting time back in your day and savings back where they belong. Delivery options, big, small, right to the job site. Whenever you say, visit homedepot.com delivery. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's not every day you have to replace a water heater, more like every 10 years. The Home Depot can help with a wide selection of the latest models from Rheem and a helpful online water heater buying guide to help make choosing the right Rheem easy. From gas to electric, tankless, even smart models that can spot a leak before it happens. Water heaters have come a long way. You don't have to. Go to homedepot.com to find the latest Rheem water heaters and helpful answers and advice from our water heater buying guide. Only from the Home Depot. How doers get more done.